Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations, and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Inner Sight. Inner Sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So, stay with us, and together, we'll look at the world and ourselves with Inner Sight. Our topic for today is Consciousness, Part 3. Uh, we have a gift for you today, and we'll be happy to send it out to you. And uh, all you have to do is give us a phone call, but we'll speak more about that gift later. Uh, all of the um, dialogue that uh, that you'll hear on this show, by the way, uh, it emanates from the works of Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is the founder of the Lucis Trust organization, and she wrote 24 volumes of books. And uh, the essence of those works is what you'll hear in dialogue every week when you tune into our show. And this thought is also from Alice Bailey. What must be grasped is that all that is, is ever present. And we were speaking a lot about uh, consciousness last time, and we're going to explore that further. And in fact, uh, actually what Sarah was doing, she was speaking about the separated self, and she was speaking about this individuality that is so apparent and so physical and so tangible that it actually can be a barrier to the expansion of consciousness. Uh, Sarah, I'd like you to explore that a little bit further for our audience. Uh, I think the point that I was trying to make was that in the evolution that um, uh, occurs in the human kingdom, part of the experience and the contribution of being a human being is the development of this sense of individuality, of being a self that is unique to the human being. Uh, it's said in the writings of Alice Bailey that identity ever uh, continues on the path of evolution, but the sense of being a separated, unique self is not uh, something that we take with us into the higher realms of consciousness. We have to relinquish it because it becomes uh, perhaps the most important barrier of all the ones that we face. And yet we have to progress through that stage of being a self so that God or divinity can be present in in matter. This sense of being a self is the response, the limited imperfect response to being aware within our material or physical body. And I was thinking about the the Buddhist teaching uh, that warns against the the pairs of opposites and that preaches the noble middle way between the pairs of opposites. We tend to think that 
all of life is quite naturally uh, founded on dualities, and we tend to pick one that we prefer over the other, dualities like pleasure and pain, we would prefer pleasure, good and bad, we would prefer good, the beautiful and the ugly, we would prefer the beautiful. We we use a cleaver in our thinking to divide the world into dualities, and the most important duality is ourself and the world. And there is a separation uh, in that consciousness of being a self it, it automatically supposes that we are separate from and apart from the world as we observe it. Well, it's said in, in spiritual teachings of all sorts that this is where our problem resides. And um, the writings of Alice Bailey said that the whole secret of the world glamour, the fog and illusion, lies hid in the thought of being a separated unit and that the only way out of it is to find that higher transcendent point of unity. To me, the image I get in my mind is that of a um, tightrope walker who literally transcends uh, the pairs of opposites, is above them, and yet in a way unifies them by the creation of that third point that transcends and completes the picture. There was a, a Persian mystical poet named Kabir who lived many centuries ago who said, Behold but one in all things. It is the second that leads you astray. I love that. Behold but one in all things. One meaning reality. In all things, it's the second that leads you astray. Aldous Huxley pointed out in his wonderful little book, The Perennial Philosophy, that even language expresses this recognition that the second leads you astray. He said that, uh, for example, in, in the Greek language, the prefix dys, D-Y-S, as in dyspepsia, uh, has that connotation of something gone wrong. And in Latin, the prefix is dis, D-I-S, as in dishonorable, dysfunctional, both of which imply that the second aspect brings in trouble, that there's a uh, an imbalance and a tension created in these pairs of opposites uh, that is reflecting this realization that on some level reality is one. In the Alice Bailey writings, the word would be synthetic, that the reality that our consciousness is trying to grasp is completely synthetic, whole, unified, total, mm. integrated. Yeah, that's the uh, really the objective behind the, uh, <clears throat> the the working of the soul in the world. I think is to rediscover mm -hmm. what uh, what actually is. In other words, mm -hmm. in the opening thought, it says, "All that is is ever present, mm -hmm. and that oneness is ever present, and the wholeness is ever present." What we have to do as individual selves is to rediscover that. Is that why the Buddhist uh, teaching so, um, and Hinduism too, so stresses acceptance that when we resist and when we prefer this over that, when we resist the dualities and try to fight for one over the other, pleasure over pain and so on, uh, joy over sorrow, rather than accepting, we are... Yes, you're not 
you're not, to terms you're not with the finding Holbrook. you're not finding the middle way, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, you're moving towards one or the other. Mm-hmm. It's not either pleasure or pain. It's it's finding the middle path between them, and uh, which <coughs> sounds like a contradiction, but uh, uh, it, it's really neither one or the other. It's 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 the pathway between them. And the transcendent. Uh, That's the path. only way you can really transcend pleasure and pain. Mm-hmm. So. Well, these barriers to consciousness that we were talking about last time, there are so many of them, but maybe we've um, we've hit on the, the most central one, which is the, the, the sense of being a separated unit in consciousness. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think that also that um, a ba- basic premise uh, of this too is uh, for reality and consciousness to know anything depends on the and the consciousness of the knower, so that's why it's so important to expand our consciousness as we each evolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is consciousness, how is it related to seeing, or are they related? Well, they are, because okay. you just touched on that, that, con- that it relates to the knower. We bring a pair of eyes to our experience. What I mean is we bring um, a point of view, an attitude, an expectation, and a lot of illusion and fog and a tape that's running in our heads, as I mentioned my friend said, we bring all of that to our experience of reality. We probably think that when we go through an experience, we're seeing it as it is, and we give our impression to somebody else of what happened and expect them to uh, understand it in the same way we did, but such is not the case. We we don't necessarily um, see the reality of a situation because we are so preconditioned by our expectations and our past experiences and our limited knowledge. And um, that's, again, a problem of, of consciousness. The, the poet Coleridge said that imagination is the agent of perception, which I think is suggesting that if we are elastic enough in our view of life, if we are plastic enough, pliable enough to stretch our imagination to encompass a, a situation that might tend to throw us off balance, but in fact can teach us a great deal, then we can learn from it and not be overwhelmed by it. I was thinking uh, while he was speaking about <coughs> the examples of... Um, well, consciousness is related to seeing, but I think it's in in the Bailey book somewhere that it's given the example of an infant that develops very gradually the ability to see and to understand his environment. Uh, uh, first, his only environment that he sees is the crib that he's in or his the faces of his parents, his mother and father, <coughs> maybe his siblings, and... Um, Gradually, his little world begins to expand beyond the crib and into the to the family life. And as he this little person grows, his whole um, life around him expands as uh, as he moves into the community and so forth. And similarly, I think we human beings are uh, uh, at kind of an infant stage or an adolescent stage, perhaps where we are just learning to see and to understand our environment of the earth and there's uh, <clears throat> we're just now learning to see 
what it is really, what what this earth really is, and it's our place in the solar system and our place in the universe, and not only the physical universe but the spiritual universe, and there is a spiritual component to the universe, and um, so I think that there are these examples that we can look at that may help us to uh, kind of understand what seeing uh, really means. Some synonyms for consciousness might help people to realize what we were talking about too. Awareness, perception, recognition, all of these imply that we have to open our eyes to see what is right in front of us. This this opening thought that what must be grasped is that all that is is ever present really is something that kind of disturbs me in the sense that I know the truth of it intuitively and it really bothers me that I am not able to see all that is probably right in front of me. I don't think, in other words, that we have to go anywhere. A lot of people, when they think of the spiritual path, they probably create an image of a road that leads Mm -hmm. from here to there and that will take you away from whatever is present in your life now and to a better place. But in fact, if it's true, as Alice Bailey said, that all that is is ever-present, that implies that everything that we need is available to us right now, but we can't see it, we can't recognize it. And that's what really disturbs me. Well, you don't have to go off to some ashram in India to uh, find uh, find your path. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's right here within you. Yeah, it comes back to that um, word acceptance that I mentioned a while ago. I really think there's a lot uh, to be gained from pondering on that term. So many of us, especially I think in the West, tend to be fighters, warriors, people who struggle and see life as conflict and you battle your way forward and fight your way into a better stage of living and so on. Whereas, if you try just to accept what the present state of reality is and see it for the utterly perfect opportunity it probably provides you right now, that might be a lot more beneficial. It's an alien attitude to me, but I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that reality is absolutely perfect right now. How about trying that idea on and living by it? No matter what hardship or struggle you're going through, maybe it's just right for you now. I see. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. It's an interesting approach to what reality is about. And uh, also, if we can think of what uh, Christ said, too, that uh, you were mentioning before, Sarah, about how we go chasing and looking for things when all of reality might be with us all along. What Christ said is that the kingdom of God is within us. So that uh, certainly underscores what you were saying. Uh, I'm sure that people would like to hear about that gift that we're uh, sending out to you. We'd uh, love to send that out to you. And it's a, a pamphlet. The title of the pamphlet is the energy of light and there's a lot of good information in that pamphlet and it's very much uh, in sync with what we're discussing today so we'll be delighted to send it out to you all you have to do is give us a call on our toll-free number and um, that would be one eight six six 
695-8247. Once again, in order to get the uh, gift, uh, which is the pamphlet, and the title of it is The Energy of Light, just give us a call at 1-866-695-8247. And uh, a lot of people want to know about Lucis Trust, and they ask us questions. Probably the most commonly asked question that we'll get on the phone is, are you a religion? Is Lucis Trust a religion? No, we're not a religion. Uh, if you come to our meetings, uh, you'll find people from all walks of life, uh, a multiple number of uh, religious backgrounds. And I guess for lack of a better uh, expression, we're probably best uh, described as being a spiritual philosophy organization where we discuss um, goodwill, uh, how to make uh, humanity uh, uh, better, how to improve humanity. And those are some uh, common ideas that we have. And... Uh, also, too, if you'd like to key onto our website, you can. if you do that, you can find out or listen to a library of archive shows that we've created, uh, varieties of titles. Uh, there's so many of them now. Our website is www.lucistrust.org, and you can listen to any one of the past uh, library of archive shows. Uh, uh, once again, that the easy way to remember it too, if you'd like to give us a call, either for the either for the gift uh, or uh, for donations, uh, you can do so at one eight six six N Y Lucis. I think of New York Lucis. Uh, before we go on to the next question, I was wondering whether or not you had any more to say about the uh, uh, previous idea that we were exploring. Well, I do. I was doing a little research uh, for this program, and I came across a wonderful quotation from Blake. He said, if the doors of perception were cleansed, we would see everything as it is, infinite. Hmm. I love that, because that, again, is a, um, a, a way of saying that reality is already perfect and whole. Our perception of it is fractured and fragmented, but in its, in its innermost real state, it is already complete and whole and perfect. I find that an extraordinary yeah. thought. I guess I better shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't help but think of this before when you were speaking about different perceptions people have of reality, looking at the same issue and seeing it from different levels of consciousness. I was reading something disturbing the other day about someone who was, I guess, very materialistic, saying that the worth of the human body, when you break it down to <laughs> dollars and cents, is now $10.50. And <laughs> how does that compare with Shakespeare, for example, who looked at human beings and said, uh, what a work of art is, is man, the creation of uh, the universe is within him. But here are two people looking at it from different points of view and different levels of consciousness. The, the uh, ultimate reductionist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. That must mean that fat people are worth more than thin people. I guess so. <laughs> but uh, apparently, uh, is that true then? Not everyone is, is really at the same stage of consciousness. Is that no, accurate? You've just you? given a splendid example of that. How can, we, not. can you speak more about that, about the different levels of consciousness that people are at? Well, it is an interesting um, topic, and I was wondering where the stream of consciousness concept comes into all this. Anybody who read James Joyce's book, Ulysses, oh, probably... I did, yeah. yeah you I struggled it. through it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that uh, was, I think, one of the first depictions of the stream of consciousness mm -hmm. as uh, a run-on... Uh, flow of thought without punctuation or the normal um, self-imposed limitations uh, 
for propriety and for uh, all the kinds of rules that we we're supposed to follow. It came, I think, the book at a time when the inner subliminal consciousness was being uh, exposed on a number of levels through the work of the psychologists like Freud and Jung and through great art like um, Picasso and Brock who deconstructed the the known world and reassembled it in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. Um, where does the stream of consciousness come into this? Because it, it kind of implies that consciousness when it's really allowed to rip, uh, exposes a lot of um, emotional and uh, subliminal and kind of yucky, Mm -hmm. uh, unpleasant uh, levels. That's not what we're talking about at all, is it? No, I think we're we're talking about different stages. Are we talking about different stages in in consciousness, that we're not all at the same stage? I suppose we have to get in touch with that subliminal kind of stream of consciousness to acknowledge it, right? And then transcend it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of it is just part of our past, mm-hmm. I think, that keeps coming up in an endless flow. Maybe that's the tape <coughs> my friend mentioned, yeah, the tape that we play in our heads. It's uh, all streaming from your, the memory banks, I mean, because mm-hmm. I think... Within each person, there is what they call permanent atoms that are like little memory banks that Mm -hmm. uh, store up all the experience of our past, and we bring it into this life, and it's all there, sitting there, and it can be uh, brought up if (coughs) one wants to, but uh, it's probably best left where it is. Probably retrogressive, isn't it? Yeah, but there is some tendency to... You know, bring all this stuff up from past lives, but um, it, it probably leads to a lot more anxiety if one does that. But um, so I think we're not we're not really equal in consciousness. We're perhaps created equal in potential, mm-hmm. but we're not certainly not uh, equal in terms of where people are in consciousness in the level and degree of awareness Mm -hmm. in consciousness. John Adams put it beautifully. um, The writer David McCullough uh, said that Adams said that we are all equal in our divine origin and we are all equal before the law, but we're not equal in attainment or in capacity or in consciousness. One of the most extraordinary stories of the Buddha that I think responds to this question was um, uh, in Houston Smith's book, The Religions of Man, that Buddha was so extraordinary that when people asked him, what are you, he said, I am awake. That's what made him so unique. He was awake, and his name, Buddha, literally means the awakened one, one who is fully present and fully aware of life on its on its most real level he saw life as it is that was the achievement of his struggle to break through in consciousness by sitting under the bodhi tree for 40 days mm-hmm. that's the story of way, uh, of buddha's um, enlightenment he made that breakthrough in consciousness that cut through all the barriers all the veils and saw 
life whole and complete and set about trying to share that realization for the rest of his life. And Buddhism lives on in that pursuit of reality. Mm-hmm. I think this is important to say too, and that is that all the work of Lucis Trust, including this radio program, is funded by the voluntary donations of people like yourselves who support the goals of the Lucis Trust. We are not endowed, nor do we have a wealthy benefactor who helps to pay for this program. We depend on the donations, large and small, of individuals, so please give if you want these programs to continue on the air, and donations can be sent to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Once again, that's Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Uh, am I to understand then, uh, Sarah that um, and Dale also, that... Uh, that if consciousness, the way I'm looking at it, if consciousness is a stage in evolution, uh, uh, then are we all at different stages of evolution, even as even as we coexist on this planet? Yes, I think it's um, an important realization to understand about people. It's not judgmental and it's not discriminatory. It's just realistic. Mm-hmm. I think we have to not expect more than is possible for a human being to um, to uh, meet. We can't mm-hmm. we can't ask of of each person the same standard of of expression and realization. Different people have different uh, stages or or um, goals that they are in process of reaching, and they're not the same for everybody. One of the great gifts of a good teacher is the ability to recognize where the student stands in his evolutionary Mm -hmm. unfoldment and help that person take what is his next step forward in consciousness. His, Mm -hmm. not the teacher's. In other words, for some people it might be uh, the best thing for them to be would be a fully self-focused, rather selfishly oriented individual who is bent on being the best he can be. That might be the right achievement for that person, but for another person, something much more selfless and uh, focused on sacrificial giving might be the right stage. Yes, and you have to recognize that there are many stages beyond where we are. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is, uh, we we talk about uh, the the soul and the mind, that's just uh, one of the stages. I mean, the the mind, of course, is recognized as the sixth sense. Mm-hmm. The synthesizing sense that synthesizes all the you know, information we get through the five senses, but even beyond that, there is the seventh sense, the intuition, mm-hmm. and that's another level altogether that lies above the the, the strictly mental level of understanding. So I mean, there's there's an, another whole. In fact, I think even beyond the intuition, there is another layer yet. Mm-hmm. So we still have a long, long way to go and many more stages to uh, to develop. It. And that comes back to the idea of using the imagination because that's an aspect of the intuition. To use the imagination as an agent of perception, Coleridge said. If you want to move into a new sphere of reality, try to imagine a more expanded um, universe and yourself as a part of it. Once again, if you'd like that uh, gift, 
Uh, the gift is uh, a pamphlet that we have, The Energy of Light, and uh, a lot of what we've spoken about today is can be found in that particular pamphlet, but we'll send it out to you. Just call us on our toll-free number, one 695 That's one 695 The easy way is one 866 NY Lucis. Think of 1866 New York Lucis. That's about all the time we have for our discussion today. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If your A.C. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your A.C. unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs>